So uh, open your Bibles with me this morning, Matthew chapter 1, uh, verse 23. We're going to skip around a little bit today. Um, so if you have a worship guide, track along with me, take some notes um, today. We are in week two of our journey together inside of the Christmas season. Um, last week, we kind of kicked it off, teed it up. I told you what we we're going to walk through uh, over the next four weeks. I will tell you, during the Christmas season um, and during the Easter season, man, those are two big seasons where, you know, all of those relationships that you've been building um, in order to preach the gospel to someone or, you know, get them invited to church, man, they'll, they'll, they'll just kind of hear it different during this season and during Easter season. And so now's your time to cash in um, on those because, man, you know, I've found so much healing here. I know you have too. Um, and there's a lot of people in our world today that need what we have here. Come on, somebody. Are y'all with me? And so um, we're taking some time um, over the next couple of weeks to really focus on and bring ourselves back to the reason for the season. I know it sounds kind of corny, um, but at the end of the day, through the commercialization of Christmas, through all of the stuff that we still, those people that are procrastinators still have to buy, um, inside of the month of December, our calendars completely fill up and we've got all of these different events to go to and places to go to and work Christmas parties and church parties and kids programs and all the things. During the all of that, it's so easy for us to lose sight and focus of what the reason is behind what we're actually celebrating during the month of December, during this Christmas season. Amen, everybody. If we're not intentional, we can miss what God is trying to say through because everything God does, He's trying to communicate His character to us. But we can miss what God is trying to say through this incredible miracle that is a baby born in a manger. Come on, somebody. That is Jesus that, that started the process to redeem us all back to God. A baby born in a manger who would become a king. The king of kings. The Lord of Lords, the Bible says the name above every, uh, of every name, the baby who would take away the sin of the world. Think about that. Not only just the sin at that moment, but the sin in the past and the sin in the future. And not only that sin for us, but it's our sin in the past and our sin in the future. The, the one who would rescue us was born in this season. The one who would save us. Come on, are you with me? What we're looking at, though, inside of this series is why. Why did God, who is our Father, send Jesus to this earth? What was the motivation behind Him sending Jesus to us? Was it this just arbitrary, contractual thing that was already planned out long ago? Was it just something that happened? Was it, was it coincidence? Was it happenstance? Was it just Him wanting to display His power? What, what, what is the why behind Him sending Jesus to us? It's only when we're able to move past this miracle being some arbitrary transaction. It's only when like, we're able to just move past the manger scene. Move, move past the Christmas we got to put the presents we have to put under the Christmas tree. Move past all the events we have. Move past our normalcy in knowing the Christmas story and that it comes around once a year. It's only when we move past that and look beyond that that we truly see the heart and the motivation behind why God would send Jesus to us, why He would come to us. 
You know, inside of Matthew chapter 1, it becomes clear what God was trying to communicate to us through sending Jesus. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, here's the moment. It says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Verse 23, here's the, here's the magic line that we've been focusing on inside of this series. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they, the people, that's us. This is what God is trying to communicate to us. It wasn't just a moment in a manger. It wasn't just something that was lined out in the, in the timeline of eternity. It, it wasn't just some arbitrary thing that we know exists. This is God trying to communicate something to us. And as we understand His heart and His motivation, it changes the way we relate to Him. It changes the way we see Him. God said, and they, us, we shall call Him Emmanuel. God with us. Listen to me. It's one thing to know that He came. It's one thing to know that He died on the cross for you. It's one thing to know that He came. It's a completely different thing to know why God sent Him. To understand why Jesus came to us. Understanding why God sent Jesus to us. Why God came to us is so important. you got to hear me this morning. Why God of heaven decided to wrap Himself in skin and flesh and bone and come down and be like us, it changes when we understand why. It changes the way that we have a relationship with God. It allows me to see Him. When I understand why He sent Jesus for me, it allows me to see Him as the loving, caring Father that He actually is. The compassionate God Father who's, who's engaged in my life, who cares about what I cares about, who saw me when I needed help and sent help. Come on, somebody. It changes the way I relate to Him. When now He's not just a God on an anthill somewhere with a magnifying glass waiting to zap me, but when I understand His heart and His motivation behind why He would send Jesus to save us all from our sin, it changes the way I see Him. The why not only changes the way I see Him, but it also has the power to change the way I see myself. None of us have a problem with the way we see ourselves, do we? But it has the power to change the way I see my life when I realize why He sent Jesus. It has the power to, to change the way I see the bad moments in my life when I understand why He sent Jesus. Even the last line of this scripture he shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. God is saying this to each one of us right here in 2023 through this moment that happened over 2,000 years ago. He's saying, I want to be known as the God who wants to be with His people. Not just off somewhere. I want to be known. I want them to know that I desire to be with them and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to be with them. You know, names are important. We talked about this last week. Even more so inside of the Bible, names are significant. There's meaning attached. There's power behind the names. Emmanuel, God is saying, I want to be with you. This is his heart. God wants to be with you. 
So let's continue this journey today to understand why God sent Jesus, why this Emmanuel moment had to happen. In order for, for you and I to live the lives that God has called us to live, we have to understand first why God came to us. Here, here's why. Y'all ready? This is so deep. Um, y'all know I'm so intellectual and deep. Um, but, but, but I try to, you know, impress you with my wit, which is not, you know, an easy task. Um, but why did God send Jesus? What motivated his heart? What motivated him to action? Um, he sent Jesus because we needed help. Like, I get, I get your amen, and I understand that. However, it's one thing to know it, it's another to experience it. It's one thing to know that it's fact, it's another thing to connect that fact with his heart for our lives. It changes the way I see him. When I realize that he sent Jesus because we needed help. We needed help. What we're going to discover today that's going to change the way we see and relate to God is that He came because I, I, you, we, the world, humanity, needed help. In order for, for us to see Him as the Father that He is, we must first come to the realization. In, in order for me to see Him as the Father He is, not the Father religion has told me He is, but for the Father He is that will actually change the way I relate to Him, I must first understand that I am helpless and in need of help. Like, I, 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 I need His help. Remember, I made you say it last week. Because so often we're wired to think we, 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 we should be able to, to do this on our own, but we can't. The, that, this is exactly how when we understand the why behind God sending, God sending Jesus, behind this Emmanuel moment, it has the power to change the way we see and have a relationship with Him. But here's the thing. God saw that we needed help and He did not look down on us with disappointment. That's what's interesting because my whole life I thought He did. I thought He had this perpetual face. Guys that our wife have sometimes. Just like this. And like as a dad, you know that face. You know what I'm saying? You're just like, what are you, what are you doing? See, most of us believe that's how God sees us when in all actuality, God saw that we needed help. So he sent it. Come on, somebody. He sent it. He sent it. God didn't look down on us in disappointment. He didn't look down on us in disgust because of the shape that we had found ourselves in. He never looks at us that way. Ever. He never looks at us in that way. He, he didn't say to himself, well, one day, if they can get themselves together and be good enough and holy enough, then they can come to me. No, like he, he saw our need. And so he sent help. He saw that we could not overcome the weight of sin, overcome the weight of salvation. So He sent help for us. 
Like this changes everything when I realized that he was proactive in the redemption story of my life. That he was proactive in the redemption story of humanity. That our afflictions and our sin and our hangups and our problems and our religion and our things that we hide did not motivate him to disgust. It motivated him to action. It motivated him to help us. That's the God I know. That's the God that you want to run to. That's the God you want to have a relationship with. He saw us in our need. He sees you in your need. And it breaks His heart. Our condition motivated Him to action. How many of you have ever like, heard, a kid's, you heard your kids scream like that scream? Not the scream where you're not getting up to go check. Because one of them just smacked the other one. I'm talking about the hurt scream. What do you do? You get up and you run as fast as you can there. Come on, somebody. That's the heart of God for us. Our sin, our brokenness moved And it moves today the very heart of God in a positive way for each one of us. And it continues to move Him every single day of our lives today. I know it's simple, but He saw that we needed help, so He sent help. So so what does this Emmanuel moment, the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, tell us about the help that God has so generously sent for us. He came to us because, number one, write this down, we needed help with our sin. Now this one most of us kind of know. We like we get it. and Yeah, Jesus died on the cross for our sin. And yeah, 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 I've been told that my entire life. But, but there's such a deeper level here that will change the way that you see and relate to God when you understand the whole picture behind we needed help with with our sin, the, the weight, and, and y'all can give me an amen on this, but the weight of sin is heavy. Like it's heavy. Like I don't know about you, but when I think about my life, just my life, and I think about my sin, and I think about the mistakes that I have made, I think about the areas in my life today that I can't seem to manage on my own. I think I need help. Come on, are you with me? We look for so many different places when you think about how we carry this weight of our sin. We look for, we look for so many areas to find help from the weight of our sin. We look into shame. We look to guilt to offload that because we think if we're shameful or we're guilty, that'll somehow take the place of the weight of the sin we got. But all of it does is just pile on a bigger weight on top of us. We look for substance to get rid of the weight of our sin. Come on, somebody. Or the sin of the world. We look to relationships, bad relationships that maybe will fulfill us to help us off Offload the weight. Are y'all with me this morning? To offload the weight of the sin, uh, we, we we look to we look to achievement. I don't know about you, but I think if I can do enough for God, maybe that'll cover what I've done wrong. Come on, somebody. I think maybe if I can go above and beyond, man, sin is a heavy weight to carry. God noticed that about us. Noticed we needed help. God no. God not only knows that about us, but He saw. 
that heavy weight of sin in those that came before us. That no matter how good they could be, Listen to me, man, maybe this is a word for somebody this morning. No matter how good you can be, no matter how much you can achieve, no matter how hard you try, perfection just isn't attainable for any of us. And God saw that in us. This changes the way I see God when I realize that he saw I needed help. There's no way for any human, listen to me this morning, for you or me to cover the gap, the distance that our sin created between us and God. There's nothing you can do. There's not enough good prayers you can pray. There's not enough Bible you can read that will cover the gap. Come on, are y'all with me? Of the sin in our life. And after watching us try for thousands and thousands and thousands of years and and watching us try today inside of our own life, he saw us in that weight and decided to send us help for that weight. Come on, man. After watching us try, watching the sacrifices of animals that were never enough, watching how the weight of the law And the rules and the boxes we had to check were still not enough. He saw and sees that we need help. And he came to us. Through this Emmanuel moment. Romans chapter 8 verse 5. It says this, it says, For while we were still weak, Another translation would probably say sinners. (laughs) At the right time, Christ died for the... For For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person, one would dare to even die. However, God shows His love For you and me. In that while I was still a wreck. And he saw that I needed help. And he sees that I continue to need help. He sent Jesus to die for me. Why? Because I needed help. And I'm one of his kids. Because you needed help. And you need help. And you're one of his kids. He came to us through this Emmanuel moment to start the process to take away the weight and the power that sin had inside of our lives. To give us a place to take our sin to the cross, to Jesus, to Him. To take our guilt, to take our trespasses, to offload, gosh, y'all ever get home at the end of the day and you've been on your feet all day and you just take your boots off or take your shoes off? Come on, somebody, ladies, I know, I know them heel-wearing ladies. When you get home, like that's what it feels like only a thousand times more when you understand that because of this Emmanuel moment, we now have a place to offload the weight of that sin and not carry it with shame and guilt and achievement-based theology and religion and rules that we can just in a moment through what Jesus did, just lay it at His feet. 
Come on, man. When we were at our weakest, the Bible says, at our worst, in the middle of the darkest moments in our lives, his response was, they need my help. They need my help. I must get to my kids. That's the heart of God for us. Amen, everybody. We needed help with our sin. Come on, y'all feel good today? It's a little cold. Danny, you can turn it off. I think it's getting chilly. Go ahead, Dan. I like it. I know you guys don't. Number two, we needed help with... Now, now bear... Like, I hate to say it, bear with me. I hate it when preachers say, bear with me. I'm like, brother, we ain't bearing with you. You should have prepared all week. But I want to work... I want to work this next point out with you at the 8.30. Are y'all with me? But, but because God kind of gave this to me like late in the week, this point right here, and I haven't got it fully worked out. Will y'all let me work it out this morning? Yes. All right, good. Y'all won't call me a heretic by the time I get done? Come and tell me quietly. We needed help with our sin. This is powerful. It's about to change the way you relate to God. But we also needed help with our shame. Now listen, I'm about to take you somewhere you've never been before. This is a big one. This one. We needed help with our sin, obviously because we could not overcome it. But the one thing I see in most people, and even inside of the Bible, that even after we receive His help for our sin through what Jesus did for us on the cross, now we battle to overcome the shame that keeps us from a relationship with God. From the moment that we became accountable in the garden for our own sin, shame came into the picture. The powerful force of shame began to take hold inside of the human heart. Shame became the driving force between our relationship with God. Think about it. They, had, they, were, they were naked. Sin comes. What happens? They put clothes on. God says, what are you doing? Why do you have clothes on? Who told you you were naked? The moment that sin enters us, and we become accountable for our own sin, shame becomes the driving force in our relationship with God. It becomes the barrier that we struggle with in developing an intimate relationship with God. It's shame. It's if I can, if I can just do better, then maybe God won't zap me. Like I knew He died for that, but yet I still find myself walking through this same situation. Like, I know they prayed for me, and I, I know I felt it, man, and I know at that altered encounter, like, I gave that to the Lord, but like, here I am, and, and I'm dealing with this again inside of my life, and, and, and man, I, I just, I, I can't take that to God because I took it to Him before, and, and, and I don't know, like, are, are you with me? Shame. Then, we look inside of history, but also it's almost like history repeats itself inside of our life. We look inside of history, then religion becomes solidified and it exacerbates the shame problem. Adam and Eve had the shame problem with no sin, with no religion. 
They were ashamed that they were naked. They put clothes on. God said, why you got clothes on? The moment that sin comes into our lives, the moment we're born, the Bible says we are conceived in sin. Shame becomes a part of the picture. Then we get to religion and it exacerbates the shame problem. Religion tells you that the free gift of salvation is burdened or coupled with the burden of perfectionism. So because you're saved, now you should be perfect. They don't say that, but you feel that way. And so now you don't have a relationship with God. And the sin gap has been covered. We understand that going to heaven. But there's this shame gap. See, it's not just sin that separates us from God. If it were only sin that separated us from God, then it would automatically disappear the moment we get saved. And we all know that it doesn't. That's because the shame component still exists. As long as there is shame, listen to me, as long as there is shame attached in our relationship with Him, it will never be the relationship He wants it to be. It will never be the relationship that He designed it to be. The feeling of shame was created by religion and by the enemy in order for us, in order to keep us from pursuing the relationship, the life, the peace, and the calling that God has on our life. The enemy, no, he could not take away our eternity, but he could definitely get us to live in hell on earth until we get there. And if he can immobilize a believer through shame, then he can immobilize the movement of God on the earth, which is the word of the Lamb, the blood of the Lamb, and the word of our testimony. Shame is the biggest component behind why we don't preach the gospel and do the things that God has called us to do in our lives. All of you are just running. I can see your brains moving. You know how I know? Look at the Apostle Paul. I know we've all done some bad things in our life. But he was a serial murderer of Christians. Like he murdered them. If ever someone had the opportunity to allow shame to keep him from the life that God bought for him on the cross... It's Him. If ever someone could be content with receiving the forgiveness of His, with the help for His sin and taking His place in the back row of a synagogue and being there for the rest of His, his life, if anyone had the opportunity to allow shame to keep them from the, the overwhelming, miraculous life that God had called them to live, Paul had the right to do that. Yet, I'm reading it this week, and he writes from a place of such revelation and freedom from shame. Romans 8.1, he says, this is interesting. Not because he's saying it, you can tell by the way he wrote this that he is He's had this drop from here to here. He understands now there is now. So I look that word up in the Greek. You know what it means? No. 
Zero, homeboy. Zero. There is therefore now zero condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Then he tells us, for the law, the spirit of life, has set you free in Christ Jesus. From, from what? From the law of sin and death. The enemy knows that your sin is taken care of. He knows that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, your eternity is sealed forever. So the only big place he now has is the gap that he can help you create with shame. And man, he helps you create it. He knows that shame will not only keep you from a deeper relationship with God, but it'll keep you trapped in a cycle of living. I say this a lot, but shameful people do shameful things. Look at the help that God sent us in Jesus. Look at the help that God gives us in His Word. Okay? Now there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. No, zero, none. What are you trying to say to me? Well, look at what 1 John says. It says, My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you what? Okay, that's the goal, right? But, if any of you actually sin, how many of y'all have sinned this week? I want you to know, he says, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. God is trying to communicate to me that the barrier of shame and guilt in my life will keep me from, A, living the life that He's called me to live. Being active in my... I can't tell them about Jesus because I just cussed somebody out over here on the road. I can't tell them about Jesus because I'm not a good husband. I can't tell them about Jesus because I don't know enough about Scripture. I can't tell them about Jesus because I'm, I'm, I'm... Come on, are you with me? And God says, no, 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 no. I want you to know, like, that's not a thing for us anymore. If you get saved and you don't get this key piece of help, which most people do not, that God has for us, you'll go to heaven, no doubt. But you will live in hell on earth until you get there. If you don't understand that there is now no condemnation, if you don't understand that nothing you do changes the way He sees you, His heart for you, you'll never actually change the world for His glory. You'll just, you'll just take yourself out of the game when you mess up. Not, not only was salvation wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger, but the end to the cycle of our shame and guilt was also wrapped in those swaddling clothes. They are mutually exclusive. Salvation and shame. We mustn't allow religion or the enemy to allow us to have one without the other. Help for my sin and help for my shame. Come on, somebody. 
All right, here's the last one. Here's the last one. I needed help with my sin. I needed help with my shame. And I needed help. This is such a good one. I needed help with a new story. I needed help with a new story. Now that we have help with our sin. Now that we have help with our our shame, that gives us the hope to have a new story. Come on, somebody. Amen. <laughs> that was good, isn't it? Now, now, now that I understand that I'm saved, I'm washed clean with the blood of Jesus, man. Hey, I'm going to heaven. Great news, everybody. Now I understand that there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Now that I know if I... When I do sin, that I have an advocate with the Father. Come on, somebody. Now I, now I have hope that my life can be different. Now I have hope that the way my story started is not the way my story is going to end. Now I have hope that this weight that I carry of grief or bitterness or anger or, 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 or trauma has the ability to leave my life. Because I can have a new story. Hope to the hopeless is realizing that I have help to write a new story. You see, your sin, your shame is overcome so that now you can have a future. This Emmanuel moment it gives us the ability to be brand new. It gives us the opportunity to every day be brand new. To every time we make a mistake, to be brand new. To start a new life with a new hope, with a better story, a new relationship with Him. Back, back, back to the Apostle Paul. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the Bible says, he is a. The old has passed away. And behold, behold, the new has come. The old has passed away, and behold, the new. In order for him, the Apostle Paul, to do what God had called him to do, he needed to know this at a soul level. He needed to know that all of the Christians that he had drug out of church and murdered in the streets, he had to know that the moment as a teenager, him witnessing the stoning of Stephen, he had to know that his, 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 him being an accomplice inside of that had to be washed away or he would have never, ever wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, over a hundred chapters in the Bible, founded the modern-day church as we know it, was the apostolic leader in the body of Christ. It was all because I believe, ladies and gentlemen, he not only understood he had help with his sin. 
he not only understood that he had help with his shame from a revelation standpoint inside of his life, but he also knew that because of that, he could write a new story. He could write a new story. In order for you to go to do what God has called you to do, you need to know this. In order for us together as a church to do what God's called us to do, we need to know this. Because of this Emmanuel moment, God coming to us, we can now have the hope that we can write a new story inside of our lives. Romans 8, 28, right? I don't need to remind you of this, but the Bible says He works all things together. For You see how this all fits together? Do you see the hope and the, the help you have in Jesus? Do you see the hope and the help you have in the baby laid in a manger in this Christmas season? It's just like Paul had to come to this revelation. We have to come to this revelation. That I can lean into His help for my sin. That I can. And His desire is that I lean into His help for my shame. And that His desire is that I can, with His help, write a brand new story in my marriage as a dad. Come on, as a mom. God is not done with you. And His desire is to be with you and to help you and to be that source of encouragement and strength you need. Are you with me this morning? Do you receive that this morning?